it's hard not to sing the intro music because it's like kind of catchy as you play the guitar. So what is going on? We're back with another episode of the 1211 podcast, joined by the wonderful Hannah and Haley. Applause. Yeah. Hey. I don't know what button's the applause button, so we're, we're going to work on that. Um, so we, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about like 90 things and we're waiting on text messages with notes, but uh, we'll talk about Winterfest. Winterfest Smoky was wild. Mountain 2022. It's not a conference. It's your revival. It's not, it's a, not a concert. concert. It's a concert. Winterfest, Winterfest is, is a revival. revival. <laughs> I think we heard that message in our in our sleep as we left. It was really good though. That was so great. So for those of you who don't know, Great Smoky, what is it? Great Smoky Winterfest, what do they call it? Great Smoky. Smoky Mountain Winterfest. Smoky Mountain Winterfest. Uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Phenomenal time last weekend. Uh, I think it took us just a couple of days to come back and like really process everything that happened there. Still haven't processed. <laughs> yeah, still, still, well, constantly in process, never fully processed. It's a message for another time. But that was, it was wild. It was wild. That was really cool. And I wonder, like working through it, I guess, uh, work through from right before we left to kind of expectations going down and just take it like chronologically, timeline down there. Well, I guess we'll start with not we, being able to we go. We thought we were going to Ocean City Winterfest. Yeah, let, let's dig into that because there's a good story to this. Like there's a good so so give give me your guys' perspective before we're going leading up. So, we've been waiting for a year for the next Winterfest. Our anticipation was high, our expectation was high. We were so excited, and then on Thursday night we hear there's going to be a huge snowstorm. Thursday night, like building up for like a whole week. Yeah. So like we were trying to prepare for it, but we didn't prepare for it. Yeah, we it's like we thought we thought that we were gonna go no matter what. Because that's just, like, what our dad instilled in us. It's, like, no matter what, we're going to do something if we put our mind to it. So. Yeah. And so, Friday morning, we wake up at 8 to a text saying, we're so sorry, but we're not going to be able to go to this one. We'll try whatever we can to go to the next one. We were so disappointed. And Haley and I were, like, freaking out because we both work. And having to take off not even a week in advance is very difficult. Especially it's, like, unheard of for your right, work. Right. Like, being understaffed and all this stuff so we were like freaking out and I'm like this is my last one I'm a senior in high school and I'm going to college next year like I'm not guaranteed the the chance to be able to go next year so I was just really really bummed and I'm like of course I want to go to Tennessee because that just like it it's a whole experience in itself but the fact that it was just canceled in the moment I was like I don't know what to do with myself like when your expectation builds and you're let down it's like heartbreak <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's rough. And it was hard because, like, on our side of it, so, you know, because of what I do outside of church, the whole fire department thing, I'm used to watching the weather pretty close. So we are, you know, I'm keeping an eye on the weather, and we, like, I'm watching the weather apps because I saw, I think it was, I want to say it was, like, five days where we were going to leave. I saw, or six days, I saw the snow, and it was, like, one to three inches for the weekend. I'm like, that's cool, no big deal. And the next day, it <laughs> said 9 to 11, and I'm like, that's a lot of snow that's for them so to call cool. for so far in advance. Like, that's a big leap. And I'm like, I don't like this. So then I stopped looking at the weather apps, and I start looking at, like, the National Weather Service, like NOAA. Like, the really big – because when those guys put something out, that's normally the end-all, be-all, at least as far as we're concerned, like, at the firehouse. So I'm watching, I'm watching, and the night before, Noah's like, blizzard warning, 10 to 14 inches. <laughs> don't travel if not – and I'm like, come on. So I'm praying about it, and – you know, wanted to wait till we, the, the council that we worked through with some other people was wait until the last possible second to make a decision because we want to follow, like you said, the commitment, we're going to go, we're going to do this. 
And I just felt like God was stirring something. And I'm like, there's an opportunity here. So we reach out to Winterfest. We confirm that our tickets can be transferred. We knew we could find a place to stay. And that's like, that's it. We're going. We're going to Tennessee because we could risk going to Winterfest in Ocean City. And we could have some of it, not have some of it, have a snowed in time. Or we could guarantee the weather looks great, go to the Smoky Mountain Winterfest. And I was like, it's going to ruffle some feathers, but I feel like like getting pushed into the hard situation pushed us into a blessing. And how often does that happen when like something changes and we're like, oh my gosh, no, Lord, don't. And the whole time he's like, I'm trying to give you something better than you thought. Yeah. Just hang in there for it. My dad told me sometimes disappointment turns into appointments. And Ooh. he told me that before we even went to Tennessee. And that's when my expectations were just growing and growing. I was like, I'm so extremely bummed right now, but I know, God, you've got something so much bigger than we could ever expect. Yeah, and that's definitely the—and you said, like, when you expect, I, I'm trying to learn that in this season that God's got me in is, um, like, one of the things I gave him we were at the conference was my time. And I was like, here's my time, Lord, because so often in my own mind, in my own uh, will, in my own emotions, purely out of wanting to serve him, I plan all this stuff out. And I'm not always, sometimes it's just my expectation of what the day looks like rather than, Lord, what do you want the day to look like? Because if, if, you, if you think about those times when he really intervenes in your life, most of the time when he intervenes, it's not, um, it's not what you expected it to be. Like you're like, Lord, I thought it was going to happen this way. You're praying for something. And then how often does it ever come the way you prayed for it? No, he said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So usually when something comes, it comes different than we thought it would look. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I line my day out, and sometimes my expectation gets in the way of the experience God wants me to have. It's like uh, the mindset of being in a smaller tank, like a fish tank. Like you got to grow with your expectations, and like when you allow God to move through that, that's when you are not changed by your environment, but like you just like let God use you through it. Yeah, and that's, that's what you guys are getting back to, not being changed by your environment. Like you guys were so expecting for this. But what you thought was going to happen, where you thought you were going, the environment you thought you were going to have this experience in, you didn't let that change your faith in God. And because of it, I would challenge you were like triply blessed mm. by where we went down to. I mean, I had people outside of our group who were like, like, good on you guys for doing this. I think it was the best possible move. I think you guys were like, they just think that the world of the decision we made to do that. And I say we as in the whole collective, the whole group of us to go down there and, uh, I just think it's unique. It's unique that we could pick up and just, and that's the testimony I think of this church is that we're willing to run four states away to go chase after God. Like it, let's do it overnight, next day, rent a bus, we'll drive, we'll get chased by some mafia members. Mm. <laughs> it's craziness. We'll get into this. All right. So there's an expectation. Um, unfortunately, it, it feels like a big letdown and it was hard to write that text. You got to know, like it was so difficult. Like you, you want to make the individual phone calls, but you don't want to break people's hearts on the phone either. So you, the text message was the first, um, Send it. <laughs> Can I rewind that? <laughs> it was the first like spread out of the message, and then it was like, "Hey, let's talk on the phone if you want to talk." And no one wanted to talk. <laughs> Nobody at all. So we get past that. We're going to go to Tennessee, um, and then looking at Tennessee, leading up to Tennessee, I'm expectant of something huge, but I don't know what. Like I, I almost intentionally tried not to picture it. So what was the lead up once you realized you were going to Tennessee? Because by the way, I had faith ridiculous faith that you guys were going to be able to get off of work. Like it was never a question for me. My question was, and and my wife and I was, did you guys even want to go with us? Cause you were so disappointed because I knew you were going to get off work. It was not even a thought in my mind. I really was like, are you guys still going to want to go? Or were you that disappointed from Ocean city that you were just going to be like, Nope. I don't let like my disappointment define me. So I definitely was like excited to go, 
but it was just like in the moment you're sitting there Friday like if we leave now we could still make it there if we leave now we could still get there on time it's like the build-up of the entire week it's like you are just expecting like your expectancy continues to grow and then there's just a big letdown so like trying to come back up from that and then try to go to the next week that was definitely difficult for me personally I definitely didn't think I'd get off of work because my manager is not very lenient and <laughs> stuff with that, with the circumstances like that. But come to find out, he didn't even, like, second guess it. He saw it and just, like, took us off. And then he took somebody else off that was going to come with us, too, but um, yeah, changed plans <laughs> last minute. So That's it was, all God's favor, too. Yeah. It was just really, really powerful to see that. Like, I was like, you just took us off without even asking us? Like, that was, like... Yeah, when that schedule came out on Sunday, there was such a big sigh of relief. And that's when... I could really get in the mindset of expectations, but at the same time, I didn't really have any expectations. I was just going to go and see what God was going to do. I didn't want to put Winter Press in a box, so I wanted to... Oh, come on. Preach yeah. it. Preach it. No, preach <laughs> you it. You didn't yeah. want the Winter Fest hangover like we had last year. Yeah. yeah, and just like I, how often do we put God in a box and we contain him by our expectation? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, not that you shouldn't be expectant for God to move, but like you said, I was expectant of I don't know what. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't... I didn't frame it some way. You know, I, I didn't frame it like my wife and I are going to be incredibly touched this week. I didn't frame it like one of you are going to have an experience with the Holy Spirit like you've never had. I didn't frame it with one of those things because I didn't want to put a cap on what he was going to do. It was definitely like an interesting circumstance because it was like out of my comfort zone in a way. Like, of course, I know all of you guys and I'm close, but it's like it's different when you're not with people that you're used to being with in that kind of atmosphere. Like, you like bounce off of each other and are able to like work through that. But when you're put in a place where it's like, I'm not really close with any of these people on that kind of level, it just kind of like builds the expectation of what you think is going to happen, but what God is going to do through you. And that really turned us into leaders to not followers. Right. Like we started it. I mean, God started it, but we listened to him and we didn't wait for other people to go. We it's so went. easy to be like confined by your, um, by the thoughts in your head and self-doubt. But when you're able to like, in an atmosphere where you're uncomfortable I feel like God uses you more through the uncomfortable than he does through your like comfort when you're with a group of people you're not gonna be the one to step out you're gonna follow like everybody else but when you're in a smaller atmosphere where you're the one that is able to step out I feel like God's able to use you so much more and it's just so much more powerful when you're able to take that step than someone pushing you to do it yourself yeah self self-induced is the word I want uh, when you when you start the stretch, like when you engage it yourself first, that's where some really good stuff comes in. Because God God's looking for willingness in the earth. He said he searches the whole earth. And he looked he was looking for anyone that was willing. You know, here I am, I'll go. And it said that he didn't like he's still looking. So so the willingness is all he wants out of it. It's nothing else. Um there's nothing nothing more or less than he wants. I think it's just willingness. But the uh the the buildup of going there, like it's I don't know. For me, it, it like it wrecked every expectation I had. Like Winterfest really wrecked every expectation I had. And and the selfishly, I was excited that we were going with not a lot of people that we know. Like I was more excited to take you guys, knowing that none of our other friends were going from other churches. It was just going to be this group of us. And this group of us haven't ever been out like this before. I mean, mm-hmm. you and I have been o- overseas, so I have that different. Um, there's a different connection my wife and I have because we've all been out of the country together in ministry in some cool situations. And then we've all been together here in the church before too. But for the most part, that's a brand new setup of people. You know, so to say, 
you know, we're not leaning on our relationships with each other to have a good time because we're not like, oh, we've been on so many trips. This is going to be a great getaway for us. Like, no, we're not leaning on that. Um, we're not leaning on, I can't wait to see so-and-so when we get there. I can't wait to hang out with so-and-so. I can't wait for late night jam sets. Like, no, none of that existed. Mm -hmm. There wasn't an attraction we went to see there. Matter of fact, we didn't go shopping. We didn't stop any. Like, we didn't do anything there except eat at an awesome restaurant called the Local, local Goat. goat. Oh, Look, plug goodness. plug the Local Goat. Can if we anyone, just go back to Tennessee for if one anyone is in, <laughs> If anyone's in Saverville or uh, Pigeon Forge, you need to go to Local Goat. So good. What Bison, was our waiter's name? Austin? Bison Meatloaf. Was Justin. It? Justin. 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 <laughs> Justin was Justin. really chill. You're a little awkward, but you're chill. <laughs> I mean, he made you sweat. He was like, you don't know what you want? I'll stand here and wait. No, and the whole table awkward. looked at you. That was great. And I said, uh, mahi chicken instead of Maui. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get the mahi chicken. The Maui chicken. <laughs> the Hawaiian chicken, please. No, yeah. So anyway, so Winterfest was good. I think it was a blessing that we got to go to one where we weren't plugged in with anybody else. Mm -hmm. And I think that you see a lot different and a lot more fruit from that because there's nothing else to lean on there. You're only like, why are you going? It begs the question, why am I going to go to this? Am I going to this because it's, you know, and you evaluate all that when it's like, oh, we're not going down there anymore. We're going to this one. Like, Why do I want to go to this? Like when you compare it, like when I compare it to last year, at least, I only thing I can think of about Friday night was like, oh my God, Dante Bowe's going to be there. Like the worship's going to be amazing. I don't really care about the word. I don't care about the, the feeling that I want. But when you go to a different atmosphere where you've been a part of that before, like previously, but you're also like, more like intimate in that kind of atmosphere it was just like my expectation was beyond like yeah, we what weren't, it, what we weren't going for. for a specific artist we were going to be in the presence of god and that like and they didn't even have any this year but we didn't care like yeah. i mean eddie james was pretty amazing yeah, it was pretty that good. was that yeah he was ridiculous but no that's that's the whole point is you're not going for and i appreciate you being raw and honest about that but like that's you know, why to like, and that's, that's, I was testifying to people, the, the whole, a whole group we brought stood out. Like everybody really stood out from the rest of the crowd because the rest of the crowd, like the really popular, like Instagram artists and all that, everyone's going nuts. And we're just like, yeah, yeah. And then the heavy worship comes on and we're going nuts in worship and people around us are like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we just, we were, it's, you're in tune differently. Not that there weren't people there that were completely plugged in and spirit filled and great. It just, you could see the hunger for God. I want a word from you. God, I want to, I want a touch from you. I want more of your holy, like you could see the hunger in the group for that, not for, oh, uh, Ann, Ann Wilson, Anna Wilson. Oh, Ann the one Wilson. song that I knew. <laughs> it was crazy though, because for the big artist, everyone would run up, but the second worship artist would come up. They would, Nobody would go they would up. Slightly walk forward. But for us, when worship would come, we would run to the front and just try to, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, so let's get to that. So we uh, there was a disappointment, and then there was an appointment to go to Tennessee. Um, we rent a van and meet here in the wee hours of the morning, which was pretty early. <laughs> um, and I think the drive down was pretty. I mean, there was it was uneventful. It was a little bumpy. Yeah, <laughs> that was just <laughs> the van. <squeaky. laughs> I think I'd fix that halfway down. <laughs> you like took jack. the van apart. <laughs> I did take the back of the van apart while we were driving in order. Well, let me not tell the parents that. <laughs> we were in, it was inside the van. The tire jack was rattling. I took half the van apart to fix it. But anyway, um, so yeah, good good ride down. Part of my testimony was we didn't have any issues the whole trip. Right. Like no issues besides with besides breaks every hour, but it's okay. Yeah, well, and the end of the trip, a little we'll being stalked, but it's okay. We'll, we'll, well get no, back but to I that. mean, like we didn't. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. Trust <laughs> me. But I mean, we didn't have um. 
we didn't have any like fights or arguments within the group. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any major housing issues, food issues, which is not common. Like usually on a mission strip, a youth trip, something, there is a problem somewhere. There was somewhere. Just such a unity in the group. It there was, was such crazy. an anointing on the trip. It was crazy because it's like we barely connected with anyone before that. But like the second we were in the van, it was just laughing the whole time, getting to know one another. And it was just so such a peaceful atmosphere. It was wholesome. It was really wholesome. So we, we ride down. Um, my wife and I love to drive long distance, so that was no problem. We cruised down there. I think we got in at a great time. We go to check in. Um, we get in the first day of the cabin, man. That cabin was awesome. Like, that was... that Top was floor is a game room. <laughs> yeah, which we didn't really use or play, no. but that was cool. Like, the whole theater set up downstairs, the arcade room upstairs. Like, it was more than we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, be nice if there was one more bedroom, but, you know, it's what it is. <laughs> so, uh, we get in, we settle in, and then the first night, Friday night, so what do you what do you got to say you bunch of fishes (laughs) (laughs) the one thing that really stuck out to me like when i'm looking back on it is like chains fall and fear bow just how much like you can really be held on to the things that you are holding on to like you have the power to let go of it but oftentimes it's like you don't want to because there's a feeling that's connected to it but um like she said with like the fish you gotta be able to change with your environment so when you're, like, confined to this small space, you're not going to be able to grow in God. So it was really, Friday night for me was just kind of, like, letting go of what I was holding on to for the past five months. Just, like, spiritually, but also emotionally. Like, how much when your spiritual life and your emotional life can connect, you can get so, like, lost in it and just really forget, like, what you were placed on this earth to do and what you believe God wants to do in your life. So um, when she just said to, like, let everything go, I just felt like, such a big burden coming off my shoulders, like how much you can be confined by your own thoughts. So like, like we said, like sin starts in your mind. So when you like continue to feed it, then it grows and you just feel like this overwhelming presence that's like not godly or spiritual. So Friday for me was definitely just like letting go of everything that I've been holding on to, like chains falling and then my fear bowing to the uncertainty of the future because I'm a perfectionist. So I um really focus on trying to get everything in order and everything to go my way, but something that God has definitely begun to stir in me is the reality that I'm not going to know, and you have to be okay with that. Not necessarily comfortable, but just, like, willing and okay to just follow what God wants you to do. So. Friday night, I, uh, we all went down to the altar together, and they didn't tell us to get on our knees, but we all did, and the second we did, I was just, like, completely wrecked, and something off my sho- was taken off my shoulders. I didn't even know what it was. It's just crazy how something can build up within you and it can you hold you back so much. You yeah. don't even know what, specifically what it is or what the root is. But second my knees hit the floor, I just let go of something and still don't even know what it was. But I just feel like I felt so free and light. And that was just a service to restore the brokenness and really set me up for Saturday. Yeah, it definitely was a setup. The Lord was setting all of us up to wreck us, the setup for the wreck up. Um, but <laughs> but you, I mean, you definitely, like, just coming back, you, you not that you were in a shell before, but way more open than you that were before. That was definitely me last year. Like, when I say, like, Saturday morning, as soon as my knees hit the ground, I started bawling. It was, like, the same thing for you, like, repeat over, like, what I just went through. I think, was I 16? Yeah. yeah. And it was just really cool how, like, God was able to really – just use your unfamiliar, like use what you don't know and take that away from you mm-hmm. because it's it's so overwhelming to know that like 
things are like coming on you and like you're just weighed down by all of that and you don't even know about it like yeah so when you go to something it's not a conference it's your own life um when you go to something like that there's you know this experience where it's multiple days i feel like the lord does this usually in a couple of stages right so i remember a prayer i used to pray um, a couple of years ago whenever we would uh sing um that song uh chains break you know if i can think forget the words right now but when we when we sang that song the um the i, I remember praying the God would break chains off of three three specific places for people. Um, one was off of their ankles so that they could move forward from where they've been bound in. Because when you're chained by something, like when you talk about God delivered me from something at that altar, I don't know what it was. I was in a puddle of my own tears, but God was freeing me of something, right? So uh, scripture, it's in James. I was looking at it just now. It talks about um, how you talked about it starts in your mind and you feed it. Like his birth, to, it talks about our own evil desires, you know, in our mind are what, conceive and turn into and birth sin, right? So we get bound up by this stuff, a desire for a relationship, a desire for growth, and we don't see it. Just these these internal desires that we don't take to God, but we have personally. When you get bound up by them, like the first shackle is we get shackled in our, our legs, and we can't move forward in God because we're bound up in that spot. It consumes us. It's all we think about. You know, you get bound up and then um, praying that chains would break off of their hands that they could praise again. Because how often in the midst of being disappointed or discouraged do we forget to continue praising? You know, we don't wake up anymore and we're like, God, thank you that I have breath. I think of Chris right away. Chris is the first guy that comes to mind. Chris or Gay? Because they're like, Lord, just thank you for today. They've constantly got that joy and that thankfulness. But how often do most of us forget to do that in the midst of it? So, Lord, would you break the chains off of their ankles that they could step forward again, the chains off their wrists that they could raise their hands and praise again? And then the chains off of their neck because we it, it stops us from even looking up and recognizing him at some point. So I feel like that first night when they come in talking about the fishbowl and um, it's not about your ability, it's about your expandability. Man, that was good. And all of that comes down to like you can only expand, take in, grow if you get that stuff that's been holding you back off. Right, and don't make permanent what God made temporary. Exactly, exactly. And I feel like that first night is so crucial for whether you know what it is or you yeah, don't know right. what it is to let that. And you, there's got to be a willingness, right? There's a willingness, and you had it, which is in a really cool way. Lord, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is that would hold me back, take it away. Right. And you've got to be at this ridiculous place of submission, which sounds easy to you guys, but I can tell you as you get older, I can testify at the midway point, as you get you know, another 10 years past me, it gets harder and harder to submit because you have all of this perceived life experience. Oh man, I'm gonna go a little rabbit trail now. So you get all this perceived life experience, right? So like I'm, I spent the last three days listening to a four and a half hour interview with a guy who was a Navy SEAL, like top tier, just tier one special forces, ridiculous dude. And that was originally what I thought my life was going to be. I was all set up for delayed entry in the army and all that. And I thought this was going to be my life. And I listened to four and a half hours of his childhood through all of his service, all the issues he went through, his body beat up, the mental health struggles, all this stuff through to now. And I'm listening to it and I'm like, just the 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 journey, like like the length of time this spans and and how like how this guy's been taken on this journey and he has all of these war stories and all of these just all these life experiences that are larger than life. Like most of us listen to them and they're like, oh my gosh. As that happens, it gets really hard to surrender. Mm-hmm. Like I hear this guy talking about 
you know, him getting electrocuted and grenades and shot and both shoulders dislocated and all this stuff. And I keep hearing him in the, at one point in the interview, I was weeping listening to it as I worked because he was like, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm one of the luckiest guys. And I'm like, no, dude, that's not luck. God has a plan for you. You've got such a testimony, but he doesn't realize God's kept him. Because his experience, his mind says, I trained for this. It was me that did this. It was me that did this. And it gets so hard, the more life experience you have, to truly just submit in front of God and say, Lord, whatever it is. take." Because right now, you guys, you can just say, Lord, whatever. It, like, it's so willing. Don't lose that. Because the, the older you get, the harder it is to lay before the altar and say, God, I don't have to know what it is. Just cleanse me. Clean me. Break the chains off so that I can freely worship you in this moment so that I can engage in what you've got for me this weekend. Most of us are like, Lord, show me what it is. And we can't get past that at the altar. You know, so that's just, it's a cool place to be at. Anyway, tangent, side note. So Friday night's cool. We come back. Um, Ethan has a ridiculous word in the midst of this trip. I was like, oh, I don't know if you guys caught this, but I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, do one of you want to do it so I don't mess it up or... I can, no, I can, can do, do it. it. Okay, all right, all right. So, Ethan, I'm so sorry if I messed this up. So, he he hits, Ethan's kind of quiet, one of the kids on our trip. Um, super came out of his shell um, on the trip. Awesome, awesome guy. And uh, he, in the midst of, he hasn't really said much the whole trip so far. And he's like, hey, guys, I don't, I'm sure you guys already noticed this and realized it, but <laughs> isn't it crazy? Like, we're in Pigeon Forge, you know, cause, and it was named that because there was uh, one of the original forges where they made a bunch of stuff out of steel. Um, and then the messenger pigeon, the carrier pigeon, um, was native to there that is now extinct. So they named it Pigeon Forge in remembrance of the pigeon and the original forge, which is a pretty simple way to name a town, I feel like. <laughs> so they named it Pigeon Forge, and he's like, man, can do you guys realize like uh, there's something being created in us that we're meant to carry out as messengers? And I was like... He's like, we're forging the word and we're carrying it. We're not going to be observers. We're going to carry it. I was like, like, we're, we're, we're all, we're like, we're like, wait, <laughs> none, none of like, us. All of us looking at him and he's like, what? I'm like, um, what just happened? He, there? Like, he just like so deep in thought. And then it just like blurted out. We're like, right. well, and that's the testimony <laughs> of when the spirit moves is you see all the giftings come out. Mm-hmm. Like he had a bunch of prophetic words yeah. over the weekend. And I don't know that he even realizes quite yet. That is prophetic. Yeah. Like what he was operating in. Right. Just so cool. So Friday night we come back. Um, we settle in. We have some good conversation. And we get, what, like five hours of sleep, four hours of sleep? It's not much. Sounds about right. It's not much. Yeah. Saturday morning, we wake up, have some bomb coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cafe <serve>. Bustelo. <laughs> and some pancakes. They were pretty good. And bacon. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Anyways, we, uh, who, who performed on Saturday? I don't remember who performed, but I know um, Jeremy Johnson, uh, uh, the other pastor's husband was the one that had the word. His was titled The Seventh, Seventh hour. hour. Which was, okay. That so was powerful. That was, he said, I don't have a message for you. I have a prophetic, prophetic declaration yes, yeah. that it's the seventh hour. And I, man, I have grabbed a hold of that as hard as I can leaving that conference. Like this is the time that God's doing it. Like it's an activation. It's a the fulfillment yeah. of the word. Like so, so, so. Seventh good. hour means like completed, right? And twenty twenty two is the year of completion. Like God is like really moving in so many mysterious ways, and it's like day by day being little by little. Yeah, little by little being shown to us, and we had to hold on to it and grasp it and really use what's got what God's handing to us. Yeah, and I feel like it's an hour to engage. 
So he's declaring the seventh hour. Did he have the puzzle pieces too? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that was piece puzzle. That was so good. So he dumps this five hundred piece puzzle out on the stage, and he's like, "What's that piece you're holding back from God?" And I want to dig into this a little bit. So he's he's like, "What's that piece you're holding back from God?" And he's he's like, "Have you ever done a?" And my wife and I love to do puzzles. We haven't done one in a while. We need to get back into them. We have a whole cabinet full. We've done like eight, nine, ten since we've got married, which is a lot in two years. When you look at some of the puzzles that we've done, like we've done. Like ones where both sides are the exact same picture, just rotated 90 degrees. Like we do some wild stuff, like impossible puzzle pieces where every side fits like like you could put them together in any order. And like just some wild stuff. You ones you could put together right, but you the maze could be wrong in the midst of it. So we enjoy them. And he's like, How many of you have done a puzzle and you're missing a piece? And I immediately like I got angry. I was like, No, it's the worst <laughs> possible thing when you finish the puzzle and there's a missing piece. Cause I'm like, why do we do this? Like I I, I made my wife a little piece and I drew on it for where the dog cut it out for the the dog ate it for one of our puzzles. (laughs) Like it's just the most irritating thing. And I'm like, man, is that how God feels? It's pointless if you give him all but one piece. Yeah. Cause he's like, he's like, come on, give me that last one so I can finish the work I've started in you. Right. We said like the main thing that the devil is able to do is keep us from our potential. And when we're keeping that one piece from God, then how are we going to be able to reach our potential? And it's like giving the devil the satisfaction that he wants that we're not fully submitting to God. So how is he going to be able to use us through that? So that's the most crazy thing about this walk. And I know you've heard people say it before. Like the only person who can get in the way of your miracle is you. Right. So God gave us free will to walk with him or walk away from him. And it says that he's faithful to complete the work that he started. He's faithful to complete it. It doesn't mean you can't get in the way of it. Right. <laughs> like Yeah. And so one thing he was saying was, God will give us a word and he'll send us on a journey and it's not going to be easy, but so often we forget the word in the journey and we just get so caught up in our own thoughts, our own stress, and that just takes a hold of us and the word's just sitting there idle with nothing. But he was saying in the in-between, it's not going to be easy, but you have to hold on to that word and grasp it and walk every step following God's path, not our own thoughts, not our own will. Something that really stuck out to me was like, preaching to yourself in the middle because I'm so used to like hanging on to the word behind me and holding on to something that's in front of me and you have to be able to preach to yourself in the middle because God's not going to give you a word for every season Mm -hmm. so something that I've really really was able to grasp from that was just to like really use the word of God and pray and constantly be in his presence to preach through the middle because God's not going to give you a word for every season yeah that's good right there God's not going to give you a word for every season I just remembered another thing he said was on the journey, God's not working the miracle. He's working the man. Working the man. Yeah. I was like, just about to go there. The miracle's so already been completed. It's done, but we have to. Because of our free will. And if we don't give that one piece, then how are we going to receive that miracle? Yeah. The, the, he, he talked about like we get a word from God and we start halfway down the road. And then we're like, oh, Lord, I forgot that word. And we run back for another one. Right. Rather than asking God, would you, and, and that takes some humility to go back and go, God, I know you spoke a word to me. I, I don't remember clearly what it was. Like, I get a gist of it. I kind of remember. But, Lord, would you bring clarity to that word you spoke over my life? And part of that, and I really give our pastor, Pastor Mike, credit for this, is is pushing journaling so much over the time that I've known him and the time here. Because you've got to write that stuff down. Like, I've got notebooks from when I first got saved that, like, I go back and read because they've got they've got stuff in them that I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's right. That word was spoken over me. This, and, and the words, Oh, so here's, here's the, <laughs> the words you grab hold of are the ones that you'll see fulfilled mm-hmm. because God's looking for partnership. 
Right. Not pressure. He doesn't want to have to force you to do it. He wants you to join in with him and, and willingly engage with it. So when you get those words, engaging in it and saying, that's mine. I receive that. I'm going to chase that. I want to see that come to fruition. You know, there are people who have a word spoken over them and never engage it, and it just never comes to pass. Yeah, that's why I feel like God like kind of breaks when that one piece is just being held so tightly. Like I get so frustrated. Right, like, and the one thing that he was saying is that when you look at the puzzle, you don't look at the picture. You think about like who made it, mm-hmm. and it's like when you think about God and like he's he's the one that made your life. He's the one that created every single puzzle piece. But when you're holding that one piece back, mm-hmm. you're holding everything back in your life. Like God could be using you in so many ways, not just to better yourself, but to better other people. And that's something that like really um, I was able to grab onto because I love helping other people. That's my my gifting. I feel like that's what I want to do when I'm older. So when you're holding on to that one piece, you're not just holding on to your life. You're holding on to other people's lives. And when you don't let that go, you could be hurting them in the process as well. Well, you can help people now, not just when you're older. Let me just hammer that. I'm just time. saying, as <laughs> a know, career, I know, I, know, I, know. I know. And uh, the, yeah, like the holding on to that one piece. Not just how frustrating it is, but like, just the potential, the potential that's there. So wait, we wanna, do we want to get raw? Who let? When he said release the pieces you've been holding on to, anybody want to put their pieces out there? Relationships. Okay. I would say just my own will. I was holding on mm. to the control of my life. And I told Andrew like a week before we went to Winterfest, I'm putting in the work. I'm praising God every day. I'm feeding the fire, and but I'm nothing. not seeing any growth whatsoever. Right. And that's when Friday night I let go. And I was, here's my broken pieces, God. Use me however you want to. That's what I feel like God uses us most like when we're um, – really not understanding what's happening in that season. Like we feel lost. Mm -hmm. That's when God's using us the most because we don't recognize it. But when you continue to praise him and you continue to worship him and surrender everything, that's where the real power comes in. In every circumstance, not just in the seasons where you feel like you're growing. Not just through the breakthrough, through the struggle, through the the circumstances, through everything that you're going through. When you're fully able to surrender, there's just nothing that can hold you back. Anything that comes is just like a wave that goes right back. It just, it might come and hit the shore, but it's going to go right back. That's good. That's a good analogy. Yeah, that's the powerful part for me about when he said the journey wasn't for the miracle, it was for the man. Right. Like that's the, and I've gotten this revelation before, but it's hard to hold on to, is that um, I've heard it said, I don't know if I heard this said or this was me, but I won't give myself credit. It's not due. Um, the quickest way through a season is to learn the lesson in it. So, like, when you're in a season you don't like, like, I don't like the way this feels, or um, God's trying to teach me a hard lesson, I don't know what it is, but it's just not enjoyable. You're, you're like, I don't I'm, I don't want to be in this season. I want to be out of it now. If it's a financial struggle, if it's a marriage struggle, whatever it is, whatever season you are in, the quickest way through it is to find out what the lesson God is trying to teach you, and it is, learn it. Because when you learn it, he'll move you on to the next season, because the seasons are just to teach you. Yeah. They're for Experience. you. They're for you. The middle is for you because at the predestination of you and your purpose before God birthed you from then until when you go home to heaven with him, it's all training. That's what it is. And you're just going from training to training to training to training to training to training because as he trains you, you affect other people's lives and then he trains them. And like, that's how the whole thing spreads. Yeah. Yeah, So the, the power of the whole purpose of life is the middle. 
It's all about engaging the middle and it's all for you. And then that brings up a really hard but powerful thought, which is if you're in a season that you're not loving or like you and I are being really candid about, like I don't feel like there's a lot happening right now. We are the ones that are determining how long yeah. we stay in that season. Right. Because it, in, it, it'll be super raw. So when I need to not say that because I always am. <laughs> when I'm in those seasons, it's easy for me to put the car in neutral. And to say, Lord, here I am. Do whatever you want to do with me. I'm available. I still read. I still pray. But I get I get in a neutral mindset. Hmm. I get in the, Lord, I'm here. I'm available. And he's like, good, put the car and drive. Yeah. And I'm like, Lord, I'm here and I'm available. <laughs> he's Not like, reverse. put the car and drive. I'm, Lord, I'm here and I'm available. And just we're just sitting there. And then we're like, man, I don't see anything moving. And the Lord's like, well, you're not really moving either. Yeah. And I'm like, because you're not moving. He's like, well, I'm not moving because you're not moving. And it becomes a stalemate. <laughs> but like just the power of the middle is for you. Yeah. And it's the whole so purpose. After his message, we had another altar call. <laughs> Me and Hannah went down. And I don't know about you, but the second my niece hit the floor, legit swimming in tears. I can testify to this. <laughs> I you was almost just, floated away. I was for almost grabbed a life raft. Just I handed everything to him, and I was literally like screaming, like God, just take control. I give you full surrender. And literally, I didn't know that my surrender would not only affect me, but it would affect others. Like my yes affects more than just me. Right. Yeah, I mean it's a testimony to everybody around you. I was one of those people, and it like my wife will testify. I was in tears, praying. I mean, because of course I felt this like weird. I already feel it for you too, but this weird like big brother protector thing for the whole group. So when you guys would be down there weeping and praying, we're praying over you guys and watching everybody. And in the worship, we're watching the people around you because not everyone has the same intentions. And we're like, you know, I'm, I'm hawking you guys. And like you're in full surrender in this intimate moment with God. And that affects everyone around you because then I'm crying because I'm watching God <laughs> move in your life because you're crying. So like I'm weeping and my wife's watching me weep and she's weeping for me. Because my heart's so soft watching you two weep before the, and it's like, it's a whole, people don't even realize in that moment, your surrender affects everyone. You know, and the testimony of it here is going to affect someone that's listening to this yeah. down the road. Right. It's, it's God crazy. calls us to grow the kingdom. And when we hold back, we're holding someone else back that doesn't mm -hmm. know God yet. He wants to use us. And when we're holding back and we're in cruise control, we're not helping grow the kingdom. Oh, that's good. That's good because how many people are like, I'm not sitting still. I'm chasing God mm -hmm. at 55. <laughs> like, why do you set right. the cruise control? Like, chase him. Get after him. That's so good. Yeah, the, the altar call. Um, and then so for me, the pieces that I gave him were time. Uh, I gave him time. I gave him um, the firehouse because I love to ride there, but I have serious questions of if my time allocation there are in the way of whatever I'm supposed to do in the coming. Because I feel... I mean, you guys feel it too right now in the season we're in. There is growth and big things happening in all little of our lives. Little. Yeah, but but you can see it on the horizon. There's some big stuff coming down the pike, and it's always been like that, but it's it's coming down the pike, and I can't help but in my own mind, like, Lord, is this something I'm supposed to still be doing? Mm -hmm. Like, I love it. I, lo I love when the moments are at their absolute worst, being the person there to help. Because I know I know what God's put in me, and I know that I will give 130%, nothing less. I love doing it. I love serving people. I love running towards instead of running away from. And talked about that on uh, 
uh, was it, it wasn't Chris, it was um, Josh the last day, Pastor Josh. He was like, you need a passion, that thing that you run towards when everyone runs away. And I was like, because ah. I'm waiting the whole weekend for the Lord to be like, leave the firehouse. I'm waiting for that word because I feel guilty that I enjoy it. And it's a huge take up of my time. And I'm like, okay, well, do I need, here, here, I will offer this to you. Do whatever you want with it. I'll offer you my time because I'm always trying to organize things and, and just Lord, whatever you want to do with it. And then I offered him that crazy dream I have of this car thing with young men and like a shop and a team or racing team or like, I'm like, is that my dream or is that something you put in me? Mm-hmm. Let me give it to you. And if it comes back to me, I know it's, it's for me. So like I'm, I'm giving him those things all weekend. That's, that's, that's a hard place to be to say like, here's my last, I've submitted everything in my life, where we live, my marriage, what church we go to, my finances, ev- my employment, everything is yours, Lord. Here is these two things that I still hold near and dear to my heart. And it's like, ah, yeah. it's not for me. So let me just. Well, one of my, I was writing down like the main words that would stick out to me in my prayers. So there's five. It was restoration, authority, renewal, healing, and anointing. And I obviously would not remember my prayers, but there would be one word that would stick out to me. And Saturday mornings was authority. Like, mm-hmm. I give you authority. And one thing that I think it was Christy, she said, or I don't know, but freed people, free people. Yes. And so when I was free, God really set me up to work through me and free other people on Saturday night. So, so let's talk about the setup for Winterfest. So we, we go down. The first night he cleanses, right? He cleanses us. Anything that we've got in there, not necessarily even sin. I'm sure for some people sin, for some things sin, but anything's just gotten in the way. Yeah. And and if you call sin anything that gets in the way of you and God, then sin, you know, just cleanses out anything that would hold us back, our own expectations, our own strongholds, whatever it is, cleans that out. And then Saturday morning, he's like, by the way, now that I've cleaned that spot out, let me refill it with a reminder that you have authority to walk out and speak the word that I've given you. So he gives you the authority. And then Saturday night comes. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, so Saturday night. Saturday night. I can testify on my part that literally every single person was getting on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I we forgot to pray before we went, and it just kind of, like, set the whole atmosphere in a, in a different way. Like, you go expecting, and then we were there, and we are just like, this is not. Like the big artists were there that night. Well, we didn't feel the presence of God. We just wanted to go into worship and just everyone was annoying us. There was a lot of stuff. Like I had like personally something come up um, like an hour or so before we left that I didn't realize until I'm looking back at it later. But something came up that really struck a nerve in me. And my gut reaction was just not to approach it or engage with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized that because that was my gut reaction, it struck some nerve in me. So I'm like trying to push that to the side You've got the worship people, you know, running a little late. We don't pray. The worship is not what we're looking for. It, it's these big mainstream artists, and we just want to get in the presence. And I feel like all that is the setup because it's like, will you push past all of this yeah. and try to, it, not try, but will you push past it all to engage with me? And we did. We set it all aside. And I remember specifically standing in the back after the first major team, and I was like, I don't even know if the first worship team came up or not, but I started praying over the group. And I was like, Lord, just you know what we're here for, all that other stuff. Like we rebuke it, we push it aside. Da, da, and and to see over the course of the next 15, 20 minutes, that stuff start to, and all like everyone's yeah. faces changed. Everyone started to like, we settled in, we engaged, and I could just see everybody fighting to be there for it. Yeah. I think sometimes you got to fight for it. Hannah, your wife was saying, how she literally saw a vision of 
angels fighting demons. Yeah, so that so <laughs> she, she just like to, didn't even mention it. <laughs> well, she was here to expound on that. Yeah, so we got back later that night, and she was like, during the the heavy parts of the worship when we went up, mm-hmm. um, when we went up during the message or after the message, um, that she saw demons literally fighting angels um, all over the room, and that she said the angels were smacking them out of the room like um, <laughs> like the cartoon baseball player, like ping, gone, gone, gone. So casual. Yeah, we just saw a vision. Like, were you going to share that with any of us? Right. <laughs> she brought it She's up like, randomly. Oh, by the way. Like, um. <laughs> She's like, I mean, it's not that big. I'm like, it's a big deal to those yeah. of us that don't have those. We don't, I've never gotten to see an angel. So, yeah. you know, it's regular for you guys. Right. So Chris Estrada comes to preach. Well, uh, before that. He was the one that I was just like itching to see. Like, I don't, this, this time around, I wasn't like expecting like to be, over like the top for someone but Chris Estrada is just so such a vessel for God and he doesn't he does like joke around sometimes but this time it just showed like how on fire he was yeah. to share the word and the power of God like he shared one story I think that was like funny and then the rest of it was just like you need to get this or you're not going to get the promises that God's yeah he doesn't sugarcoat it which I appreciate no. he's yeah. very raw he doesn't pull any of it back and I think that's super important like you can't you can't pull it back um, if you're going to – like so many people want to um, politicize their message or worry about who's going to say what or make themselves sound good, and he's not worried about any of that, and I give him a whole lot of respect for it. You were saying before, Chris. Oh, yeah. Um, I think – I don't know if it was before or after worship started, but they have that little intermission thing where they talk about the um, sponsoring a kid. Compassion International, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. So – I wanted to do that for so long, but I've never had the money to do it. But I recently got in a job, and I was seeing them hand out packets to people, and I was like, God is telling me to do this. He literally told me, you make money now, use it for good. So the guy came to our island. I was like, okay, let's do this. Andrew, do you want to split it with me? Because, I mean, 38 is a lot for me. But he said, we're going to do $19 a month each. And we got the packet. And it said she'd been waiting. For oh my gosh! I, I'm like, I tears are, <laughs> tears are welling up my eyes thinking about it. It, I'm literally gonna cry. It broke me so bad. So she's been waiting for a sponsor for 564 days. 564 days waiting for someone to help pay for her food and her housing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine how like Bill Wilson feels. It's heartbreaking going to these countries, seeing these kids. Like it's, it's utterly insane. And that's confirmation in the moment. Like, do you want to split this? And I'm like, yes, we sponsor our kid already. We're just we're gonna end up being one of those people that sponsor like five or ten of them. <laughs> I I just see it coming for my wife and I. Like it's just because of the concerts and all. It always moves me. I never am like yeah. let's not do that. And just it just shows the power of saying yes to God. Like I right. thought it was my own voice, but God was like, no, it's me. Go no, grab and, that. And he'll he'll put the nineteen dollars back in your pocket three times over every month. Like I just I know it. I've seen it. Like the I forget sometimes we sponsor a kid because God's replaced that finances that comes out and more from it. And that's the whole point. Like that's it's a tangent for finances, but that's what God's looking for. God's looking for someone who he can give resource to and they will use it responsibly and give it back to him more than they use it for themselves. Yeah. And then he'll give them more and he'll continue that process by which, by the merit of how you handle it, the responsibility with which you use it for. But yeah, so the combat, man, I'm literally crying thinking about it. Like yeah, that's, that was the first thing of the night that like really touched me. So yeah. The, how about, how about the fact that I haven't cried like 
really, really cried, cried in quite a while. Literally, we were talking about that, and I'm like, we're talking about that. You said what? Yeah, you told us a week before when first. I haven't cried in months. I haven't been. Yeah, well, Gay and I, context, uh, Gay and I were talking about it in Freedom Group Bible study. We have plug Freedom Group. If you're not in it, get in it. In it. Um, so good. So testify. How good is Freedom? It's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great. It's It's just. It's heavy. It's really yeah. heavy. I, Opening I re- up things that you didn't know that were. That's yeah, the reason, buried. small tangent, but that's the reason that I recommend freedom to everybody is because I've seen people who are brand new Christians. I mean, I took it when I first was like four months saved and it like wrecked my world with truth because it's just biblical truth. But then if you've been a Christian for 40 years, you have taken on some stuff. I guarantee that God did not guarantee. He didn't ask you to take on and that stuff digs it out. And kind of resets that biblical truth. And I just think it's so, it's so powerful. So we're talking about it in there, how, you know, when I first got saved for like weeks and weeks and weeks on end, I was like, you were that night. I was just in this puddle of tears as God delivered me from stuff and cleaned me out. And once you get, you know, we're never done the process of sanctification, but as you get fairly refined and cleaned out, like you're not full of this mucky, nasty black water anymore. You don't weep like that all the time. At least not everybody does. I I get it like in spouts as God's heart and mind meld, like driving to the city, seeing the addicts. And like at times it'll just hit me and I'm weeping, but it doesn't happen that often anymore. Mm. That's the context going into this is going into this weekend. I'm like, I just, I miss being that close to God's heart where I just, I weep at what he weeps at. And then I read that and I'm like, next to you guys yeah um one thing we said a freedom group i think it was last wednesday was um when you clean something out and you take it out you have to replace it with something or else it's going to get filled back up with the bad things so you got to get you got to refill what's been removed yeah and you refill it with god's word because there's a spot for all of that whatever you pull out god's word has something to put back in there it's truth but anyway so yeah so chris estrada preaches um how cool is it (laughs) in a room full of people who might not necessarily agree with the Holy Spirit, that he just hammered it. But the thing that really was crazy <laughs> was the fact that we were talking about it during lunch, how they didn't, they haven't mentioned like the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues because you aren't yeah. baptized in the Holy Spirit unless you're speaking in tongues afterwards. That's mm-hmm. the evidence. Yeah. So it was just so crazy to like him start to say like the power of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. And we all looked at each other like, there's no way we he were just, just said like, that. Like, our jaws are literally dropped. Well, and that's being in the vein with the Holy Spirit, is that we are in tune. Like, that's that's the prophetic at work, is God keeping you in tune with what he's doing. Yeah. And I think we're all, I'm so proud to say this, but we're all pretty radical when it comes to that side of town. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we would be Pentecostal in that regard. Um, not that I'm about denominations, but <laughs> that's, that's what comes to mind. It's like we, all of us here, are really, really, really heavy in the Spirit. So I'm like... Speak biblical truth. Tell them this is the evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the whole dipped versus submerged. Mm, yes. That was so good. He, he preached on how you make a pickle and how they flash dip them in hot water to soften the skin. And when you get um, saved, your heart, your heart is flash yeah. dipped in the Holy Spirit and God removes that stony exterior. And then when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're submerged. They put the pickle in, they close the jar, and they let it soak and ferment. And just how the Holy Spirit will soak you and ferment into your heart and your being. And just, he hammered. He was like, mm-hmm. if you're going to ask me, is it a thing? It is a thing to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And yes, the evidence is you're speaking in tongues. I think he said something. I'm going to mess it up. He's something to the effect of, if you don't believe that, read your Bible. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. So good. You can't pick and choose certain things in the Bible that you want to believe. Yeah. You could no. tell that people you were just so uncomfortable. Yeah. People were really uncomfortable. It got really quiet. <laughs> and that's that's the evidence that 
something's really going down. Yeah, we were like, Chris Bridget, come on now. Yeah, we're like screaming from the back of the room. You just hear our voices, and everyone's like crickets. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're screaming from the back of the room, and the people behind us. That one girl was, Ooh, yeah. I was a little worried about her. She said I could sing, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm still praying for her and her oh, ears. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like, God they, was working in mysterious ways. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it was only the anointing in the room. Right. That night. Just, 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 just that night. Um, yeah, but no, just you could hear the whole room getting quiet because, I mean, it, it's biblical truth is sometimes not, it's not popular. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are, how he, he really hit hard, I think, the reason people run away from tongues and away from the Holy Spirit, because they don't understand it, right. and it scares them. I don't understand that. I don't know about that. Think about that girl. There was a girl who was being ministered to in the Holy Spirit, and we're on the ground praying for her. It's getting kind of cleared out. We're getting my favorite part of this whole week. It's getting kind of cleared out, and uh, her team that she came with is like, I'm not, mentioning, any, I'm not mentioning names. I'm not bashing them. But just for context, like they're talking, or this girl is like actively, best way to describe it is like seizing in the Holy Spirit. If anyone's ever right. seen Slain in the Spirit, she's out. She's not enjoying the presence, mm-hmm. just lingering there. She is being ministered to by the Holy Spirit out on the floor. And her whole team that she's with is like, I don't know what's going on with her. I don't even know what I'm seeing right now. And she's um, actively praying in tongues as she's seizing on the floor there. So she's like, she's in it. The Holy Spirit is doing an incredible work in her. Everybody's got chills. <laughs> so she's doing, a, the, the Holy Spirit's doing incredible work, and they want to pick her up and leave with her. They're like, just and carry her to the did. bus. Well, so Hannah and I are praying over her, and I didn't take my hand off her and walk away from her because I didn't want to give them a reason to pick her up. Right. So we stayed as long as we could, and they basically shoot us off, and we're like, excuse me, and they picked her up off of the floor. She couldn't even walk. They literally carried her out. Like she broke her legs. Yeah, like her legs were like jello. They were useless. And they carried her out. She was sobbing weeping and still screaming in the Holy Spirit. Like, like she was screaming in tongues, yeah. praying in tongues. And they just stop. Like, the people don't understand it. When they don't understand it, they get scared of it. They just, mm-hmm. dis- no, I don't want to learn about this. I just want this experience to be over. We're not going to talk about this the next day. Yeah, like, what are you really here for? Well, and that's, that's the thing. That that's their, their, you can have 400 pieces of my puzzle, but you can't have these 100. And one of them is, I don't like that. I don't want to know about it. And that's my puzzle piece. You can't have that. You can't explain it to me. You can't teach me about it. I don't want to engage with it. And they stop short. You know, it, it's a lie. And that's religion because they give you the pieces you're okay with. Mm-hmm. But say it's okay to not have the pieces yeah. that you're uncomfortable with. And that's not relationship. Relationship that's is religion. God. Relationship is God. Whatever I don't understand, teach me about it. Show me. Grow me. Because I want to have everything that's of you. So that leads us into, I really want to hear your guys' perspective oh of this, goodness. because so many people have asked me about it, and I've done my best to kind of tell the story. I, so just, to, I can't give it, do it justice. Yeah. There's no way to exactly explain what happened without being like so pr- boastful pr- in a way. So prayerfully, just, just, you know, this comes in all humility. I just, I think it's an incredible testimony of where we're at as a church. And where you guys are at on fire as young adults. I mean, we've really laid the foundation down this pack past weekend so. so so the weekend set up the holy spirit moves in a way that i can't describe like i can feel him in the room yeah. oceans moving like yeah. I, I have my hand up at one point feeling like i just stuck it in the ocean upside down like i can just feel i when we were in the seats i could feel him sweeping past my legs yeah, didn't you tell you told me that he said like get ready yeah i was sitting we were sitting back before um the preaching came on the second service on saturday night third service and I heard the Holy Spirit say, get ready. And I'm like, okay, because I've been waiting. I've been wanting to go lay hands on people and pray for people and minister. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't want to press that on my own desire. I want you to tell me when that's appropriate. 
So I've been sitting back all weekend. And like you said, the setup, the setup for the get up. So he's got the, the Friday night, cleanse you out the Saturday morning renewal of authority. Yeah. And then Saturday or Saturday night, he's like, you're going to use that authority. So I felt the release of get ready. And I'm like, Ooh, Let's and go. I, my intention was I'm going to sit back, support you guys, let you guys do what you're doing. And I'll minister where I'm called to, but really to let you guys take the reins and minister. And you did. Um, I think I caught more people than I touched. I prayed over more people that you laid out then. Because <laughs> yeah. it's That's not it's not so you. It's a, it's the Holy Spirit through you. About. You know. I know. So, But I'm watching you guys go along the line like tink, bow. tink, 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 tink. <laughs> and people are just dropping. So Chris, he was done with this sermon. He was like, all right, this is the organized service is over. But if you want to stay. Yeah, make sure you, you can What stay. did he say? You can stay you as can long <laughs> as you want to. Did, didn't he say you could pray as long as you want? No, no, no. no, no. He no. said you can stay yeah, as okay. long as you want to. Okay, we preface so, that. People were starting to leave, and I hear God tell me. And for one thing, I never hear God speak to me. It's not an audible audible voice. It's but that like, still small thing. I heard it, and he was like, someone's on their knees. You can go pray for them right now. <laughs> and so we walk like five steps forward, and we see this one girl who's just completely broken. We all come together, and we lay hands on her, and she like collapses, and she's screaming. and She's, she's gone. <laughs> it was so surreal. And it was just the first person that we, like, ministered to. It just shows the power of my surrender affects so many other people. And I started, like, crying like crazy. And I turn around, and I see one person, and I'm like, I can feel a heaviness on them. And God shows me that there's, like, a demon inside of them. And so I went to them. They weren't really that touched by it, but it was just, like, I remember this girl. I could watch her fighting with it on her face. Because you have to – so two important things as we get into this. One is what you just said in all humility. My surrender is what can affect people. So for those listening who maybe don't experience this a whole lot or have only seen this a couple times and are like, eh, it's your surrender that allows God's power to work through you. It's nothing you do. It's literally just saying, use me as a conduit. Like, like the transformers that carry, that hold the power lines up, like let your power move through me. And then the other part of that is people have to surrender in that, in that. So she, she was fighting to let go of that thing. We can't do it for them, but we can kind of help them direct them in that path. But one thing is I've been praying for discernment and wisdom for so many months because I will hear a voice. I'm like, it's mine. It's not God's. And so God gave me the discernment of spirits. And it's not something that's going to help me, but it's going to help other people. Exactly. And that's just so powerful. And so do you have anything to say? Well, personally. So we're moving through the people. Well, I'm going to start first with like Chris Estrada. Like he's just really flowing in the Holy Spirit. People are getting touched. He's like, whoop, the next wave is coming. Be ready. <laughs> and I'm like, what wave? What wave? Because Kapow. my... My personal experience is like I like to be touched and that's something that I'm working on is like not every single sermon, not every single move of the Holy Spirit is going to be for me, but it can be for someone else. Mm -hmm. So I was just surrendering in the moment, looking around like, oh, wish that was me, but I can't have that mindset, like really like correcting myself. And then it's over and I was like disappointed. I'm like, God always, always meets my expectations, even if they're the slightest bit. And this is not how I want to leave. So I was like really disappointed and I turned around and I see our all of our group like huddled up and then we all just kind of like dispersed like it was like we didn't even speak it was just in our minds like we all knew exactly what we needed to do without even saying anything so we all go over to that one girl and I just get on my knees and I just start praying for her and then I all I remember is just screaming mm-hmm. I don't remember what I was saying but I just felt like God was using me to speak to her and I get over there like what happened to my voice just screaming and just like in agreement with her and like 
letting God use me to just really touch and prophesy into her life. So that was like the first big. Yeah, she was full move. on shrieking, like shrieking <laughs> as, and I, I I love that stuff. Like I'm put me, my first experience with that was at a church in Bel Air, this little tiny church, where like I stayed for like three and a half hours after church was supposed to end, watching like these two demons come out of these two girls. And I mean, like rolling on the floor, screaming, spitting, yelling, the whole like, you old, like the whole thing, the whole nine yards. And that happened early on. <laughs> that happened early on at me being saved. And that's in line with, I got a word. One of the, one of the earliest words I can remember receiving about my walk with God was it's the, your walk with the Lord is going to happen faster and your growth is going to happen faster than it's any, it's ever happened to anyone before it period, like in all time. And I'm like, what? And that's f- that's come to pass in a lot of ways in my life. And like, so that was like early on, I had to decide, am I going to engage with this or be like, this is weird. I don't want it, but I want that. Like put me in the heavy environments where demons are fleeing and everyone else is uncomfortable. So she's shrieking yeah. in the Lord. And I remember watching you pray, listening to you pray. And like you were there, but the prayer was like, it was like through you. Like yeah. you just, and afterwards you're like, I don't remember what I prayed. People and like, always <laughs> say that. They're like, what were you saying? I'm like, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. me. <laughs> it wasn't for me and it wasn't me saying it. So, I'm just a vessel. So you pray for her so and then, then, yeah, come on, take yeah. us on. So it's, it's thinning out some more. I just now realized, there's like, I just realized this. A couple hundred people. We walked to the blue side and water is blue. We were basically drowning in the ocean of God's Holy Spirit. I just, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, no, I, it did feel like we were drowning in his spirit. It was yeah. so good. It was like yeah. a huddle. We'd all go over. I'd pray for someone. God would use me to speak into their life. They'd go out in the Holy Spirit. Then everybody would pray for them. Next person, next person, next person. And it was just so crazy how humble they all were just to accept it. Because it's. I feel like it's hard personally when someone speaks into my life and they're like, this is what God says. You're like, but why? Like, is that really for me? But like, you know, when someone like accepts it, like their reaction. So it was just really crazy. Yeah, people were so that. open to receive. And right, I remember yeah. like I'm watching you guys. You know, and like you said, it was like everyone knew what to do without saying it. Like we were just like execute. We've got authority. We've got the moment. Execute. So everyone disperses. People who came on our trip who weren't really in the spirit like that, or, or like or right th- through through the own conversations with them, were like, I don't really understand that. I don't really know what that is. But we're seeking to understand. They were seeking to like Lord. Show me this. T- teach me. And then those are the ones that are praying alongside us right. in those moments. So like I remember watching you guys. I saw a dude, and the Lord's like, he's about to go out. I walked over. I got behind a guy who was praying for him, and sure enough, in like three seconds, doop, and I was like, bop, and I dropped him, and the guy who was praying for him looked at me, and he was like, good call. <laughs> like, just the Holy Spirit was right, so in tune. Yeah. So I felt like I'm walking, like I'm watching this. I'm praying over this person. I'm watching this. Catch him. L- look at you. Watch. And I felt like like before I would have selfishly, like like uh, not that you're selfish, but the same thought, like, Lord, touch me. Lord, I I, I want to feel you. I need my own touch. The same way before going into that circumstance, I'd have been like, Lord, I want to lay hands on people. Mm-hmm. I want your power to come out of me like a lightning rod and touch people, not for my own glory, but I, I want to see people touched. Yeah. I, I want to, I want, just use me as a, but God in that moment, he was like, I'm, and I, I, I had to stop myself from asking for that. And he was like, I'm not going to use you like that today. I'm going to use you to kind of oversee everybody, float. Be the guy in the background. Don't touch. I don't think I got to lay hands on any uh, one person. One person. Um, I got to lay hands on one person. Otherwise, it was all support, and it was so cool. Mm-hmm. I absolutely See, loved the other it. Side of it. Yeah. I just absolutely loved watching you guys roam free, full of God's power. Yeah, so that was the first time that God's really like powerfully worked through me. So I would lay eyes on a person, 
and I would feel such an evil spirit over them. Like a lump would literally get in my throat. And I was like, okay, we're going to them right <laughs> we're now. Gonna deal with this we're right going now. to them. <laughs> so I would touch them and immediately start speaking in tongues. I literally was praying so hard that my, the button on my pants popped. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, they literally popped because I was filled so much with the Holy Spirit. I was literally overflowing. The Lord changed my pants size. There's so much Holy Spirit <laughs> so in me. So as I would pray for them, the lump would come up and come up and come up little by little. And that's when I knew that the evil spirit was coming out of them. And there was the most surreal thing ever. So It'd be one person after another. We would touch them. They would literally fall back in the Holy Spirit. I'm like, this is not me. This is literally God. And I've yeah. never experienced this before. And I'm so thankful and grateful and blessed that he was using me as a vessel. I've been praying for months, God, I'm a willing vessel. Use me however you want to. And he <laughs> went above any expectation I ever had. So I started praying for one person after another. And little did I know it, they were part of a whole group. Yeah, it was like piecing the pu- like the puzzle pieces yeah. back together. And like something that really stuck stood out to me was like when God's able to use me, I never remember a word unless it's speaking for me too. So the one girl that I went up to, like I just felt like I needed to pray for her. She was on her knees. And then I say, the one thing that I remember saying to her was that like God's opening a door for you. As soon as I said that, she screamed at the top of her lungs. And I was like, well, she needed that, but I needed that too because that's what I remembered. And it's then, confirmation. Right. And then another thing that God really checked me on was like my humility, like being humble mm. because this the people from that youth group were coming up to me and they're like, you're just on fire for God. God's really using you. Like I could see the Holy Spirit just like with you and all of your, the people in your group. And I'm like, it's not me. You were like deflect, deflect, right. deflect, and I'm deflect. Like, no. I don't want any of that pride. No, thank I you. have prayed and prayed and prayed to be a vessel for God because that's where I get my satisfaction and just Amen. that's what humbles me is when I'm able to help other people. So this guy, that, this one guy that said it, I was like, no, get up right now. <laughs> you cannot speak that over yourself. That self-doubt is what's been just like really hitting you and it like makes you not be able to surrender everything that you're going through. Yeah. And I just like could see him like preaching all over the nation, blah, 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 but not if he wasn't able to like fully surrender everything. So I put my hand on his head and I was like, I loose that spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. And then he just goes out and boom, I'm like, gone. boom. <laughs> and and <laughs> yeah, I heard the crazy. Lord say it while you were saying it a second ago. Like that's um, like, that's the most powerful God's worked through me before. I heard him say, it's the same way we were just talking about finances. Um, as he gives that measure into you for that moment, for that night, and he sees what you're going to do with it. Do you use it for your own glory? Mm-hmm. Do you give him the glory in it? Yeah. Do you submit in it? And when you do, he's like, okay, now you can handle twice that the next time I put you in that situation. <laughs> I was and then the next time, five times that. The next time, ten times that. And then to the point where when you're in a church service, they're going to wait. They're going to wait because they know when you bring a word or when you bring a moment in prayer, they know the power of God is going to come out of you. And that's how he uses that, just like finances. He's like, he's like, let me see how much I can give you. And if you're going to give me the honor and glory in it, or if you're going to take it for yourself. And if you don't take it for yourself, he just again and again and again. Um, too often we give credit to everyone but God. Like we give the devil more credit than God sometimes. And I was reading a verse, I think it was in Second Corinthians, and it was saying, if you're going to take credit, take credit for God. Like so many people were coming up to me like, thank you for praying for me. Thank you for doing that. You're so powerful. I'm like, nope, 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 no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope. That no, is no, 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 God. no, 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 That is not me and by any means. I'm just thankful that God was working through me and he knew that I was ready for that. Like my whole life has been a build up to right now. I've gone through so many things. I've been so depressed and God's like really restored every single part of me. And he's like, you're ready now. I'm going to use you. So 
That was so powerful. I just feel like the way that they respond is kind of like the devil getting to me in a way. It's like trying to build me up in the wrong way. And it's so hard to like figure out what to say because I'm like, it's not me, but how do I correctly say like, that can be you too, but you have to surrender. You can't let your pride get in the way. Yeah. What you do is you give God glory back in the midst of it. So Eddie James was a great testimony in this We He got up there and people are chanting, Eddie, 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 Eddie. Said Jesus. And he, he, he could have been like, thank you. I love you. I'm so grateful to be here. He didn't do that. First thing he said is, is there anybody in this house that loves Jesus? Yep. The immediate redirect was, don't you, don't you praise my name? Right. Praise his name. Like the redirect was just so, and that's, that's the powerful part of this. <laughs> we have a lot of good stuff on video, but that's the powerful part of it. And that's, that can you in the midst of it, because the, the pastor from Life Church that was there was like, you, uh, man, you, you are, so, I, I appreciate that so much. You're so anointed, blah, 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 this and that. And I'm like, nope, 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 not me. No, thank you. Appreciate it. Nope, 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 nope. It's the Lord. It's him. Give him glory. Because I don't want it. Pride is like the most dangerous thing. I want no parts of that. I want no piece of it. Mm-hmm. I want no slice of it. I want none of it. Don't give me any of it. I don't want it. Yeah, I mean, you reach a dead end. And you got to fight it. It's an active yeah. fight against it. There are, one of the youth leaders literally came up to me and she goes, I have major respect for you. I've been praying for these kids for months and nothing's been working. Then you laid hands on them and they passed out in the Holy Spirit. They're touched. It wasn't me. I'm it was like, the Lord in this place. It took so much maturity to be like, it's God. It's not me. Because I could have been like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Because it like, feels good. Right. It's a yeah. start to your ego. But it was all God. None of it was me. I mean, it was my willingness but it wasn't like my own power. So. All right, so we're leading into the place is really thinned out. Mm-hmm. It's basically empty. Go and from one person to the next, and everyone's just going out in the spirit. Yeah, so so they've made a couple of times an announcement that says, um, hey, it was, it was the hype men that were like, hey, youth leaders, gather up your people. We're so glad you came. If it's you could start making your way out. Yeah, can. so they do this a couple of times, and, and it's strategic. I have to give them credit where credit's due. They're doing it with um, the hype men, the ones that come up and get service riled up, and they're friendly, and they're nice. And I remember towards the end of one of those times they said it, one of the last times the hype men said it. They said, guys, yeah, we really need you to get your youth groups moving, you know, because the event staff's going to come around next. And the way he said it, I remember it. I was like, we're get, I was like, we're getting to an interesting point here because there were there was the girl we were talking about who was being ministered to that they carried out, and then there was another group in purple shirts that had two or three of their people still on the ground, and they weren't again they weren't soaking in the Holy Spirit, enjoying the moment, which is okay. They were actively being ministered to. Mm-hmm. So, give me your recollection of events from this point on. Oh, I mean, I can I can give you what I remember, but I just I, I just remember like feeling called to go to the next person and the yeah. next person. Like, why would I just stop? Like, God's, God's still not working. done yet. He's still it's obviously moving. an attack from the enemy. If one person after the next after the next is coming to get us out of there, and we're still saying no. So I remember the pastor from Life Church. Um, of course, didn't know who he was or where he was from at the point in time, but he, I remember hearing the event staff come over and say something to the effect of, "Hey, buddy, you really got to get your people going." And I heard, I was like, I know. I heard it right, but I had to ask just to make sure I heard it right. So I looked over that pastor and I was like, what did he just say? And he said, he said, we got to get our people going. But I told him, I mean, I, I can't really interrupt this. I'm not going to stop this. And uh, it's something that I fact, he wasn't passive about it. He was very respectfully, hey man, like we'll get out of here when this is done. Right. He wasn't. He wasn't assertive, but he wasn't passive. He was right in the middle of the two. Not nothing against the guy. But at the all. guy that came up to us had the worst attitude. Yeah, he, ever. he did have a pretty nasty attitude. So I looked at him and I said, Look, man, if you're gonna stay, we're gonna stay. We're not gonna stop this. So then they come back again. And the guy comes back this time. He's like, You really need to get your people up. You guys gotta get out of here. 
And he's like, what do you want me to do, man? They're being ministered to. And he's like, you guys can continue being ministered to, you know, outside. You continue to pray her outside. Pick up and carry her outside like the other people do. So yeah. I remember looking at the guy and I was like, isn't this the whole point of the conference? Isn't this the whole point of the conference that the Holy Spirit moves and that people have an encounter? Like she's actively being ministered to. And he's like, I understand, but but you guys, you guys have got to go. We're out of time. And I was like, we're not leaving. And I just remember his face being like, what do you mean you're not leaving? Yeah. And I was like, we're not leaving. And I looked at the pastor. I said, her. It's your people. Are you going to stay? He said, I'm going to stay. I said that we're staying. We're not leaving. It was a real test of our faith too. Like, he, I, was, I was like, we are not leaving. And he's like, he's like, you guys, I'm like, we're not going to leave. I said, if you were at your church on the altar, at the altar, somebody was laid out in the spirit. Would you say church is over? Pick them up, up, get them out. We got to go. No, the Holy Spirit is here. Mm-hmm. So, so my people recollection. People take advantage of that so much. They do. Like, the Holy Spirit's here. I don't want to move from this moment until I absolutely have to. I want every second, every moment, every ounce drop of what God has in this place. I want it for for myself, but so much more so in this moment that weekend for all of you. Like, I was ready to fist fight. Laying on of hands. I was ready to fist fight to stay in that place. So I, I looked, I remember looking at him and I was like, you're going to have to drag me out by my ankles. And the guy was like, and he walked away. So I think we got like five more minutes at that point. No, you said something so funny. <laughs> what was it you, at this point? So the guy was like, I'm going to have to speak to the higher up because he's telling no. me to get out. Yeah, yeah, no, like- no, he was, he was like, he was like, listen, man, I just want to, he's like, look, bud, this was the other guy who was a little bit nicer, not the older guy. He was like, listen, man, I just got orders from on high. That's all this is. <laughs> you're like said, but i got um, orders on high you want to talk to god about this <laughs> i was like, like okay. i was like i was like i got orders on high too buddy and if you want to go talk to him about it you talk to god about it and he just looked at me and he was like mm, yeah i'm not gonna win this one right mm-hmm. now so i remember they came back again finally and they were like you have to leave and i was like you might want to grab that cop over there because you're god gonna- is not done there was that yeah. one no. kid he would stand in the back and watch us and roll his eyes as we were ministering to people. Oh, yes. Yeah, so this is the part. Yeah, I'm glad you got to this. So so yeah. there's a girl. We're, this whole thing is just one person left on the floor. There's this one girl left on the floor, and we are like, we're not going to leave until the Holy Spirit's done with her. Mm-hmm. When she's done, we'll absolutely go outside. I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't want to be insubordinate. But we are not going to leave until this is done. Like, the, the Holy Spirit's got a burden on my heart. I am ready for I'm ready to get arrested and drug out of there. I don't care. Like, I'm so ready. Please do it and make it a better story. Like, I'm all right with it. And then in the midst of that, you two feel this burden for this kid. Mm-hmm. So this kid's rolling well, his no, eyes no, no, all the no, time. No. One of his friends asked me to go and pray for him. He was like, okay. the one that I said, like, that was, like, talking, like, yeah. oh, like, I want what you have. And then, like, he went out in the spirit, and then he got up, and he was like, would you mind praying for that guy over there? He just... Has a lot going on. He's had a lung transplant. He's had a heart transplant. He's had two heart surgeries in his life, open heart surgeries. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, and he was just like, you can look at him and you just feel like something's off. And I couldn't tell what it was, but I was like, yeah, of course. Like, someone's asking me to pray. I'm not going to be like, no, I'm not going to pray for them. So I went over and laid hands on him, and I was like, like hitting a brick wall. Like, Mm -hmm. God, you're appointing this moment right now. What's happening? Like, I don't understand. Like, you're giving me a word for him. Like, he's breaking the generational curses that are in his life right now. And he's going to be the start of something new in his family. And just God was working, like, using me to speak to him. And he was not accepting it. It was like, it was like there was a demon in him. I could definitely tell. Like, his eyes were, like, rolling up. And he was just not giving it. And his pastor was like, you got to, like, let it go. Whatever release, his, what was his release. name? Like, you Lucas. have, Lucas, you Lucas. have to let it go. Because they're just so much happening and you have to let it go or you're not going to get filled. Like this is an appointment. You have to surrender. He just would not do it. 
So I stepped away for a second. I was like praying in tongues, trying to figure out like what exactly God wanted me to say to get him to like let go. So I touched his hand. And as soon as I touched his hand, he dropped something. And I looked to the ground and it was, it was a cross, cross necklace. Yeah, it was that cross necklace. And I like stepped on it and pushed it over. And as soon as I laid my hands on him after that, and I was like, release him in the name of Jesus, he finally like let go. And I looked back at that and I just felt like something was like crawling out of it. As soon as yeah. he dropped it, like something like ran away. I would just I didn't know what it was. All I knew was like, don't put that thing back on. Even if it is a cross, it does not matter. Yeah, and that's something the Dominican taught me is that, you know, witchcraft, we don't talk about a whole lot here in the States. And and witchcraft as far as like things that are um you can just think of witchcraft it, it, for the people that are listening to this and are like, Well, witchcraft, like voodoo, like like yes, that, but also anything that is intentionally set up to take away authority or direction from God and give it to some other form of being that is not God. And that happens way more than people think. And in the Dominican, um, there's a form of like Catholic witchcraft that's tied to a lot of stuff. So in the Dominican, if you wear anything with a cross down there, like a necklace or earrings or whatever, like when they're wearing that down there, that's a symbol of that witchcraft that they're into. Like crosses are not Christian down there. And they will like, we and you experienced this when we went down, we tell people who go, don't buy the jewelry in the shops. Don't buy it because you don't know what they prayed over that. Oh, my gosh. If people would get a hold of what's been prayed over on things that you buy and music that you listen to. And, like, there's some nasty underpinnings to some of that. And as soon as he dropped it, I didn't. So the, the back <laughs> backing up a little bit, I remember praying harder in the spirit for that girl on the ground than I've ever prayed before. I mean, I was screaming in tongues, and I could hear the whole place filling with it. Like, I mean, I was praying for that girl harder. I don't remember anything that came out. I just remember the pastor, my wife said that he got the giggles in the Holy Spirit as, as I was praying for her. Yeah. And he was like, so his laughter and his, I could feel his agreement and his excitement with my prayer yeah. made me want to pray harder. So it yeah. was such a cool, like, feed off. So in the midst of that happening, I finished praying for her. I get up and I haven't turned around. I, I, I know you guys are praying for that kid, but I haven't, like, I'm not engaged or looking at you. I'm like in the moment with this girl still. And in the spirit, I heard the necklace hit the ground. I didn't hear the sound of the necklace. I heard the sound of it coming off of him. Yeah. And I turned around and God was like, that was it. And the minute that necklace came out of his hand, he was on the ground. Yeah. And so he was on the ground and, you know, I had that feeling in my throat. It was like so yep. close to coming out. So we all laid hands on him. We were, that was like the hardest I've ever prayed in my life. And Hannah was like, I can just see you jumping for joy. You have to let it all go, let it all go. And I was like, come on, come on. You're so close. You're so close. And I can't remember the and words, but I had, I had prophetic words for his life. Yeah. yeah. And we I'm leave declaring. and we're all like going out. Like they're like, yes, we finally kicked him out. So we go out and all of us are walking and all of a sudden we see a kid running off into the distance, jumping and running around. And it was him. Jumping and, and running for like, joy. Oh my God. And the pastor was like, he's never like that. That's yeah. not him. But yeah, so we so we finished and what's so getting just to wrap that story up with a bow. Um, so we we leave or not we leave, we um we're praying for this kid and they come back again now. And before this, like I gave them the most polite get away from me that I could, like leave us alone, do and I think what I said was there's plenty of other they're like, We have to shut down. I'm like, you guys can start shutting down everything else around us. We'll help you clean up the chairs if we have to. We'll help you clean up whatever else you need, but you have got a whole convention center to shut down. This little like five foot by five foot square we're currently occupying is not hurting anyone. We were on the open floor. So we're not impeding anyone's breakdown. We're not in the way of anything. They're going to be here longer than we're here just praying. We're not in the way of anybody. This was not obstinate. So 
he pulls the pastor. He comes back again. He's like, hey, buddy, let me talk to you over here. He pulls the other pastor aside. And uh, he's like, and I, I know he starts talking to him. And he's like, uh, he's like, hey, we need to, uh, we need to talk about what's, uh, you know, how we, like, how we need to get you guys out of here. We need to stop. And I remember God was like, just hang in there another second. And right as he was like, all right, you guys really need to go. The kid came out of it in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I was like, what perfect timing. Right. So we get up, we walk out, we're jamming. The fact that they're named Life Church is ridiculous <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah, started flipping out. <laughs> such an anointing. Like, there's such a power in that. And then, you know, I'm, we get out to the parking lot. I want to pray over the pastor because all of you guys have all gone. And I'm like, I get a moment. I'll just, let me just pray a word over him. You and then open your eyes. I open my eyes and there's like 30 people <laughs> yeah, around me. And I'm like, where did you all come from? I had a really powerful word. They're fresh into youth ministry, young adult ministry. And the Lord just gave me such a word about what they're going to do and how this weekend was meant to, um, I remember parts of it about their boldness. This weekend was meant to highlight their boldness. Yeah. And that boldness that he had to stand up and say, I prioritize God's spirit moving over anything else. Yeah. Like that's what God honors. And it's like, I'm going to bless your ministry because of it more than you could ever imagine. Something that really like struck me was that that was our youth group last year. And if we wouldn't have come to this event in Tennessee, they wouldn't have had that same touch because they needed something to push them to show them yeah. their boldness. And it was kind of like a foreshadowing kind of thing of last year and just like what we were coming, what we came from to what we're coming to. And just throughout the past week, seeing them post on their Instagram page, their youth is on fire. Like it's, so it, cool it's crazy. Isn't it crazy how God uses it too? Like we talk about the middle's not for you. Or the middle's not for the miracle. The middle's to build you. Yeah. yeah, so God used, God, you, you, got, you guys experienced, you learned the lesson in that season. You got lit up. You got the fire because someone else helped bring you through that moment at Winterfest. And then God used you as that other team for someone else. And how you can see God using these cycles and these times and these periods to build people and using the experience you've had. He used that, prepared you for it because you experienced it from someone else and then said, okay, now you're going to be that person. I just think it's so cool how he does that. That's such a divine plan. Like you can, you could never, you could never set it up yourself. Everything in our life has literally built up to this moment. That I mean, it's such a like huge thing to think about, and it's so powerful. You said something earlier that I wanted to make sure I brought back because whoever's listening to it, it, it's a word for them. Um, you said my whole life has been building me for this moment. That's a word for somebody listening to this podcast. Your whole life has been building you for this moment right now, this exact second you're listening to this. Everything you've ever experienced, every moment, every trial, every disappointment, every discouragement, every every anointing, everything all together, mushed all together for this moment right God's now. God's just looking for your yes. He's yeah. just looking for your obedience. So that was, Saturday night was incredible. Um, Sunday, the worship was really good Sunday. I feel like Sunday we were, um, at that point, you're on a high, ready for something else, and it was just well. Tough. And I think there was a highlighting too in um, when you go so far, it's hard to go back. So we're willing to fight as hard as it takes for the Holy Spirit, and it seems like they were kind of ready to shut it down. Yeah, not not the Holy Spirit so much, but they were just. It was towards the end of the revival, not the conference. <laughs> they were, <laughs> you know, because they the, the pastor Josh preached amazing. There was kind of an awkward cutoff at the end, and and ultimately. Kids were touched, healed, anointed, set free. And that I would say it's an absolute success. They, they put it on an amazing event. It was incredible. And if we nitpicked it, it would be wrong because we didn't have to set it up. We didn't have to book it. We didn't have to plan it. We have to deal with all the stuff they had to deal with. So all in all, amazing event. Um, and that being said, I'm so proud 
of the fact that we're a little different, that we were willing to be the different ones out of the crowd and say, we're not going to leave early. We're not here for the big names. We're here for the Holy Spirit, and we'll fight tooth and nail for it. You, you got to claw it out of my hands. I'm not leaving. I'm not going. <laughs> so good. So good. Definitely the highlight of the trip. Yeah, yeah, that was a highlight for the trip for me. Like, just uh, I was recalling it to somebody yesterday who asked me how Winterfest was, and they were like, "That's wild." And I'm like, "That's everybody's response is like, that's crazy." I'm like, "That's what we came for, yeah. right?" So we left with some good stuff. The drive back was good. Um, we'll leave the sketchy encounter out mm. just to say that God kept us safe on the ride back. God kept us safe. That was we wild. Were, the joy in the car on the ride back was so, so funny, but. <laughs> It just like shows. we were laughing in the spirit too, just like the entire so the whole time. <laughs> so good. We had a unhealthy amount of sugar and Candy. gummy worms. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Can't blame that on Andrew. Can't let Hannah Herzog go in and buy a um, buy snacks me. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So I um, I think we're gonna about wrap up here. We uh, we definitely have to look at what's next. So we got a worship night coming up. Yes. We got a worship night coming up at the end of February. Worship and uh, games and some other stuff. Fellowship. Uh, yeah, that'll be announced on Sunday, so keep an eye out for that. Also, uh, shameless plug, our sister church, Life Source, has an awesome event coming up for any of the young adults and youth, uh, Friday Night Live on February 18th, 7 p.m., Food, Fun, Games. Um, so be there. We're going to be there. You be there. Um, and as always, we're looking for uh, we're looking for people that want to share their testimony, want to talk about an experience. We, uh, we really want to dig into it. That's what this platform is for. It's all mobile. As you guys will see on the video, it takes just a couple minutes to set up, a couple seconds when you time lapse it, and uh, and we w- we want to hear from you. So appreciate you stopping by. And uh, anything for the people before they go? Revelation twelve oh. eleven. Ah. And they overcame him by the blood, blood of the lamb, lamb and by the word, the word of their testimony. testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. Unto death. That is my life verse. My life verse. Love their lives not unto death. Don't uh, don't love your lives unto death, people. Adios. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings.